Hey guys, this is Noma, real quick before we start the podcast. I just wanted to make a quick apology to all of you guys. Last week for our episode zero, at the end of the podcast, I said that we would be doing a Darth Maul special next. Unfortunately, I read our schedule completely wrong. We are still working on the Maul special. We'll be bringing it to you as soon as we can. But this week is just going to be our standard fair podcast, kind of get you guys up to speed with everything good going on in the Star Wars world. Uh, so I do apologize again. And uh, yeah, hopefully you guys will enjoy this one. Thanks. Hey everyone, welcome to the Voice of the Forest podcast. My name is Ed, and I am joined today by my co-hosts, Noma and Dan. How are you guys doing today? I can't complain. Everything's pretty good. Yeah, everything's good with me too. I'm, uh, I'm super excited to talk about the news and stuff today. We definitely do have a lot to talk about, but before we get to that, let's uh, tell you a little bit more about ourselves, uh, talking about our favorite lightsaber colors today just for a little bit uh dan i want to start with you what's your favorite lightsaber color uh my favorite lightsaber color has got to be black the dark saber from uh, the clone wars and rebels such a beautiful color lightsaber and as soon as i saw it i knew that's the lightsaber that i want to be using if i'm ever in like star wars the old republic or anything like that that is my favorite lightsaber color hands down no now, is this the part where I push up my uh, nerdy art glasses and go, actually, black is a shade, not a color? I mean... Dumb, <laughs> you! <laughs> Pick like, another one! No. <laughs> Technically, it's got That's two shades one. in it. It's black and white. There we go. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> no, what about you, man? Uh, so mine is uh, definitely orange. Um, I've oh. always loved... Oh. Yeah, that that just the fact that it, it differentiated from the standard kind of red, blue, green. The only problem is that the first time I learned that uh, orange was a lightsaber color was through a video game, and it was through a uh, very famous, widely acclaimed game that some some of you guys might know called Star Wars Jedi Power. I love Battle. that game. PlayStation One. Uh, uh. Such a great game for the time. <laughs> I, were you playing as Plo Koon or something? That is exactly what it was. As Dude, soon as I saw Plo Koon, I was like, he looks cool. His lightsaber looks cool. I'm this guy now. You and I had the same reaction to that game with Plo Koon. Because you're like, <laughs> orange lightsaber? Yeah. I was like, oh my god, that's unique. I won't be unique. I want this exactly. one. Exactly. But the only problem is that I've now learned um, that apparently Jedi Power Battles is one of the most hated Star Wars games that's ever been released. Oh, I love that game. <laughs> Dude, I, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. What? Really? It, oh, it wow. was. Yeah, it was man. a very strange game, and I can, I can understand why people didn't like it because I never got past level one in that game. <laughs> but yeah, so for me, it was always orange. Nice. Yeah. All right. And How myself, I mean, I classic red. There's there's not I much that needs to be said about why. that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, red for sure. It's it says everything to say with like you get passion and power and anger and all that it's it's perfect what do you think of, it represents everything i love about Star Wars. what do you think of the um the new canon and how the red crystals were made do you know that yet yeah i do and um i mean the idea is interesting that they would go that way with like the emotion with it how you have to like 
get a crystal and like make it bleed and all that. I was like, all right, we can be edgy Star Wars. That's fine. Yeah. You know, feel my pain, crystal. Basically, like taking someone else's thing, but... lightsaber crystal and bending its will to yours. Yeah, I mean, it still falls in that realm of like, you know, you have to make this thing your own sort of. Whereas, like in the legends, where you had to get a furnace basically and shape yours, and like the furnace is only powered by you and your force power and your rage and all that, and you got to keep it in there and shape the crystal through the force. I thought that was a little more uh, personal attachment to it, but at the same time, they did try to keep that whole personal thing with the, you know, you are pushing this thing to its limit, and we see a bit of that in the comics and everything, so I I, I don't mind the new one, really. Nice. And just a little bit about what this podcast is about, uh, what we'd like to focus on is, of course, Star Wars canon, and the focus there goes into how we summarize stories, uh, we talk about it in some discussions where they fit in the timeline and how they relate to legends and canon material. Some things could fall under both. And Dan, you want to say a little bit more about that? Sure. Yeah. I, I haven't read a lot of legends material, but Ed and Noma both have. So it's going to be interesting to see the relationship between what we have in the new star Wars canon and the past material. Um, a, a great example of that is um, grand Admiral Thrawn and uh, how he plays into the Star Wars universe in the new canon material versus the Legends material. The other thing, too, is I have read pretty much most of the canon material up to date, and uh, so I do have that kind of foreknowledge of everything that happens after whatever we're talking about uh, story-wise. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see our different um, ideas on how it relates to that and how it relates to the future in canon material. Perfect. We also go over some new releases. It could range anywhere from video games, TV shows, comic books, novels, movies, general news. So events that have come up or will be coming up, the fandom of Star Wars, rumors that may circulate the internet or just general discussion, and board games and miniatures, which I believe no one knows a lot about, actually. If no one <laughs> want to talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, board games and miniatures. Right now it's a little bit limited. Um, it's all kind of under one company fantasy flight but i i like most of those things so i'll be talking about uh their starship combat game x-wing armada which is fleet um rpgs basically anything that that has to do with the nerdier kind of more expensive side oh god more expensive side um <laughs> oh i can imagine everything the miniatures oh that for sure for the, the miniatures the guys especially if you want like custom ones and everything right oh because, oh yeah it it hurts like <laughs> There are a lot of there are a lot of hobbies I could have chosen that would have probably been smarter in hindsight, but like, I love this stuff. So. What we should do then, <laughs> uh, Noma, to uh, satiate your addiction to the miniatures, we should just make uh, take a piece of paper and tell you you have to make an origami X-wing or armada ship with this, and that's what you have to play with. <laughs> oh my god! Save so much oh, money, wow. so much money. See, on. Unfortunately, Fantasy Flight has thought ahead of you, Dan, because most of those things don't just need the ship. They need the stat cards and the upgrade cards and the actual things on the bases that show you where they can fire Oh, from. we can make all that with paper. Oh, boy. <laughs> if needs be, we'll get some Nintendo Labo cardboard in there. Oh, hell yes. I, that would <laughs> jack the price up so much higher. <laughs> Let's buy $300 worth of cardboard devices to make $60 worth of ships. <laughs> 
And so that was just a little piece of like discussion that we do with fandom and things that go on with that. We have fun. No doubt you guys will have fun too. So keep tuned and we'll talk about some more Star Wars. <laughs> and I guess you know a little bit more about us now. But what we want to talk to you about first, a few books and comics that have been released in the past couple of days that I think you should really look at. I know Dan's been looking at a few of them. Noma's read a few of them. We've all pretty much agreed that these books are just, you can't miss them. Danny, you want to tell us a little more about those? Yeah, so um, just for some quick reminders, I know the last podcast we said these things were coming out, but just to give you a reminder that they have released um, for books, we have just one, which is Solo, uh, a Star Wars Story Expanded Edition. Now, this is the adaptation to the uh, movie, which adds few scenes like deleted scenes and things and some other internal monologues and things. I'm actually listening through the book right now, and it actually... It does add quite a bit to the characters and what they're thinking in, in moments where you're not 100% sure in the movie, just from their facial expressions, which is nice. And for comics, we have, uh, for things that are out now, Star Wars number 53, Hope Dies, Dr. Aphra Annual number 2, Winloss and Knock, Darth Vader number 21, The Last Jedi number 6, which is the final issue in The Last Jedi Adaptation, Thrawn, uh, the volume which covers the entirety of the adaptation. I think it's six six issues for that as well. Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, Volume 3, The Burning Seas. Star Wars, number 54, Hope Dies. Lando, Double or Nothing, number 5. Dr. Aphra, number 24, The Catastrophe Con, part 5. Poe Dameron, number 31, part 6. And Star Wars, Adventures, number 14. Yeah, that's all the reminders we have for literature. Ed? All right. I mean, there's a few of those in there you definitely want to read for sure. If you haven't been following up with Vader, that Dark Lord of the Sith Volume 3 is intense. And I mean, like, really intense. Just a quick point on Thrawn. When I was reading through the book, I really loved it, and it got me really excited about Thrawn. And then I kind of lost interest. And then when I started reading the, volu- or the issues uh, week to week, I'm like, ah. Oh, I really miss this character, and it really brings him to life in the comic, which is nice. It, it takes a lot of the smaller scenes out, which is good, but it also brings like to life all these other things that are happening. So I would I would recommend it if you don't have time to read the novel or listen to the novel, the uh, the volume would definitely be a good opportunity to catch up on that story. Perfect. Now. While those are just a few of the books out, those are the major ones you really want to see, so tune in for those. And then, right now, we want to talk to you about some video games. And boy, is there something you need to hear. First off, we're going to start off with the Star Wars multiplayer mobile game. It's coming out by Zynga. Now, mobile games, you may be on the fence either way of, you know, they're just sort of a pastime more than a game. But this one seems to be kind of interesting in terms of what Zing is going to be doing. They're going to bring a galaxy far, far away directly to people's phones. And the developer has struck a multi-year deal with Disney to develop a mobile game based in the Star Wars universe. New Star Wars titles will be managed by the San Francisco company's Natural Motion Studio, which is based out of the UK. Mobile games... I mean, guys, let's start off with what you think about them in general. Do you follow them like quite quite well? Do you think they're 
there's no point like what are your what's your opinion on those i find most of the mobile games that are out there right now are pretty much clones of the very successful ones such as the commander game is pretty much like clash of clans um Mm -hmm. and i did try that for a little bit but I, i really didn't enjoy it too much so i stopped playing it and then there was the the one where it's uh i think galaxy of heroes yeah the one that came out in 2015 right yeah and that one there that one is like they give you characters and then you can like go on missions for certain character shards and then if you have enough shards you can unlock the character and level them up and make a crew um and i i do play a game similar to that for one piece um an anime and manga but i i honestly couldn't get behind this one because it really does shove the hey we have a whole bunch of um pay to win things here you can just purchase this pack for like 57 dollars, and you have all the characters in this section that just released if you ever want to see or maybe i shouldn't say it but if you ever want to see a a pay to win game at its heaviest um one of my favorite examples of that because i also played galaxy of heroes for a little bit um and one of them i there's there aren't a lot of moments in video games that make me do like a double take but i remember they had uh, a special event for the entire rebels cast and i was like oh that's awesome and they were like oh you know um you can buy like like a small pack for like ten dollars and you might get a character or you can buy the the full rebels pack and you'll get every single uh rebel and then you'll you'll get like uh you know like special things for them and i was like oh cool let's go buy the 137 dollars oh i think God. i'm okay <laughs> yeah and then the worst part was i learned afterwards it wasn't even for the care it, was, it wasn't even for the full characters it was for like a good chance to get a lot of shards oh, wait wow. so you didn't get it's like the a, thing it's like a lottery really? yeah you had a high chance to get a full all the characters but there was a small chance that you wouldn't get the characters I find that's, oh, a, that's where right. a lot of games are going like the one piece game that i play right now it's very much similar to that where you basically you can play for free um, but if you want to stay up to date with the content and stuff, you really have to buy packs every now and again. Um, and they range up to like $85, which is ridiculous. Um, but for people that do pay, they pay tons and tons of money. Um, oh, yeah. I, I find it very interesting that the, the market for video games on mobile devices is going to the pay to win kind of scenario where it's, it's free to play, but it's pay to win if you want to do well in the game and have interesting um teams and things like that made up but oh i mean overall like if this game decides to be like if they decide to make it something that's just like you can pay for the game and play it and get the story from it i'll be i'll be in for it i mean i i played uh kotor and uh on the ipad they have it on the ipad and the iphone and I, the one problem with that game for me was if it was on my desktop i play it and play it and play it and then i'd forget about it because i got busy and then i would never go back to it and i would have to restart the game again since i haven't played for so long so i found with the ipad i could just pick it up and play it whenever which is awesome so if they have a, a game like that where it's heavily story heavy on the story and it's just like a one cost five or ten dollar game i'm all for that huh rant is done <laughs> yeah no but it served a lot also, for you gamers out there, we've got something interesting coming up for you. And when I saw this, it was just immediate excitement and trying to figure out how to get my hands on an Oculus Rift VR device. 
if you don't know where I'm going with this, I gotta tell you, Vader Immortal. I'll give you a few seconds, just look that up. We'll have a link posted for you, but really, just look into this. It was written and uh, produced by uh, David S. Goyer. He worked on The Dark Knight and Secrets of the Empire. It's going to be a three-part series set between Star Wars Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Honestly, just the first bit of this, this is all you need for a trailer to get excitement. in a minute and it's already here's money where just have have money and give me give me the experience because <laughs> i i need i need this i'm excited for this this trailer looked fabulous like if mm-hmm. i was to buy a v like i haven't bought into the vr stuff yet i have a playstation 4 um and a pretty decent desktop that can support vr stuff but i haven't take the took the dive into vr um a vr device like an oculus or a vive or psvr but if they keep on bringing stuff like this out, I will be jumping on the bandwagon in no time. Because I cannot wait until they nail VR down and Star Wars, like a full-fledged Star Wars game is in it. These are the steps that ILM Lab is taking towards those things, you know? Because I want, I want you to think of it this way. Uh when Battlefront 2 was announced, it came out, and for all the promotion that we were seeing, it looked like we were going to finally have like a kind of imperial story, where like you're on the other side of the conflict for a change, and what happened then? And unfortunately, all we got were like 30 minutes worth of that, and then, hey, now you're the quote-unquote good guy. Like, what if this turns out to be, like, you started, you hear, like, oh, we need you, we need you in the cockpit kind of thing, and you're a rebel pilot, and then it's like, oh... You were pulled aside by Vader, and it's like, yeah, you're wondering why I brought you here. You're going to be my spy now. And it's going to be like, huh, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm good. Let, let's go. Let's do it. I hate those guys anyway. Here, come on. Like, that. that's something that if you give us that choice, I'm, I'm 100% down for. Like, I really, I really want to see where this goes. Noma, what do you think, man? Uh, same thing, like, Granted, I have no idea what this game is going to be like. I don't know how the controls are going to work. Um, but it's Darth Vader. <laughs> and he sounds like Darth Vader, to... more importantly. Yep. Yes. I don't know if he's voiced by James Earl Jones, but whoever if it's not him, they did an like, amazing job just nailing that voice. Mm. Yeah, with, with any of the original trilogy stuff, I'm a simple guy. Yeah, you put it in, I'm... You put original trilogy stuff in your games i'll be interested so in the article here uh they talk about how this story is one of three episodes so this is what the trailer was for is for episode one of vader immortal and so there will be two more and i i I don't know how they i guess they release it through steam or something i'm not too sure how they how they release these um but the one thing that really bugs me is that I my Star Wars collecting habits 
are basically just collect everything that is Star Wars canon material. Books, movies, novels, kids' novels, uh, comics, you know, magazines with the short stories in them, that kind of stuff. And this, as well as the one before it with the like, invading the Mustafar thing as a rebel spy, as a stormtrooper type thing, that's also canon. So somehow I'll have to get my hands on these. I don't know if they're available to the public or they're like special demos type thing, but I really hope they, they release these to the public so I can get my hands on them. Because <laughs> I need to somehow maybe make myself a case like a blu-ray case with some art or something just to have it on my bookshelf so then i know where about it fits into star wars canon mm -hmm. i still can't get over like if when you listen to it just the the way he it sounds as vader's walking towards you and like how heavy the steps are and you're just you're oh. gonna be right there just like um and am I gonna die? You're gonna be immersed <laughs> in the experience too. Like you're gonna exactly. have headphones on, VR experience. You're not gonna be seeing anything else except for that. I'm like that's the one thing I'm really excited to see in VR is like how it affects like the way I think of video games and the way that I'm processing everything in my brain. Because I haven't tried a VR system yet, and I'm really excited to do it. And I really hope my the first experience that I do is with like, a Star Wars. Um, video game Experience, like this yeah. oh my god I would be so up for this mm. I'm sure they're going to have a booth at Celebration for something like this at the very least pipe dream all I want is like a complete VR sort of like fighter squadron where like you have to be in VR and everybody's doing it and it's like oh, flying yeah. around and being a pilot like that that would be great because it would yeah. really have to showcase some like some skill and looking around and trying to find a target and keep a target and all of that that would be fun you mm -hmm. blow up and it's like all you see is red yeah and then nothing so while we do have a lot to talk about with video games we also have our tabletops on right next to them with there and we've got board games and noma's our dedicated hero for that one and if no one you want to take that away oh yeah uh so this month we've got one exciting release coming up for board game stuff, which is the new second edition launch for X-Wing. Uh, so I'll go over it very quickly, but basically, uh, if you don't know X-Wing, X-Wing is Starfighter Combat uh, system with pre-painted miniatures. It's pretty fun. There's a lot of good maneuvering. It feels very much like a dogfight because you set up your movements without your opponent knowing and then everybody moves. So you could try and get behind someone. Turns out he dodged that airway. Little things like that. So this system is going to be new, a little bit improved, a little bit different. You need a phone app in order to play. Um, but they're coming out with conversion packs for every single faction that existed in the first edition. Oh, that's nice. So, oh, yeah. So, it, And I think it's 30 bucks. You get cards and duplicates for most every ship that was in first edition. So you, you get that and you're fully up to speed. The new thing as well that's coming out with a lot of the wave two ships because they're doing things like releasing um re-releasing x wings and b wings and all that stuff oh also slight correction it is uh us price it is 49.95 for the conversion kits um but the one neat thing is that in wave one all the ships are very static you know they didn't move all kind of hard plastic in wave two all of the ships are going to be able to move if they were able to in uh you know 
the actual media. So, for instance, uh, X-Wings now. Uh, before they were in one static pose, now you can actually close the S-foils or open the S-foils. That is um, awesome. And you, oh, yeah, and you get little bonuses uh, with them closed that'll go faster but shoot worse. Um, which I always thought they couldn't shoot, but uh, Star Wars Rebels proved me wrong that they can shoot with the S-Foils closed. Yep. The the one that I'm really excited for is the Fang Fighter, if you've seen Star Wars Rebels, for the Mandalorians is coming out, which is a ship I always loved. And now the uh, wings on it will actually spin around the ship completely like they do in Rebels to make it harder, look like it's harder to hit. So we're going to get a lot of that stuff. The whole kind of spread of every ship, all the new ships coming out. If you're interested in seeing the exact list, I won't go over it now because I'll end up boring a bunch of people. But uh, the full list is on the Fantasy, Fantasy Flight Games website. If you go to fantasyflightgames.com slash en slash upcoming, you can see the full list of everything they're releasing. Uh, along with that, we're getting two new releases for Star Wars Legion, which is a ground combat sort of game. So... You'll get things, you know, ATSDs and speeder bikes and all the heroes that, from the movies like Luke and Vader. So it's just later this month, we're going to be getting uh, Boba Fett for Empire and the Scout Troopers unit also for Empire. So that'll bring the Empire a little bit more up to speed because our last releases were just a couple of heroes and a few rebel units like the Wookiees. So, oh no, Wookiees are still pre-ordered. Nice. Like I was saying. <laughs> I'm excited for the uh, X-Wing stuff, for sure. Those are going to be really fun to play with. Oh, yeah. Right? And, yeah. and we are getting one new release, uh, one brand new release for Wave 2, which is Lando's Millennium Falcon. And from what I've heard about that in articles and things like that... Does it have an ejection uh, um, mechanism for the escape pod to decoy? Yep, you beat me to it. Yeah, it'll, it'll have the escape pod as well. Oh, so my God. I love that. Supposedly... Yeah, oh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. So supposedly when the Falcon dies, uh, the escape pod will shoot out and then you'll be able to use that, which should be cool. Uh, and they've already done this in the past where uh, one of the end wave uh, first edition releases was the Ghost from Rebels. And that came with the Phantom that you could use on its own as a separate ship. I have that kit, yeah. Oh, yeah, that one's a lot of fun. I've yet to use it. <laughs> one of these days. But yeah, that about rounds out uh, all of the releases for our board games and uh, minis. And in the, f I think in the next couple of months we'll be getting some really cool RPG books. But I'll let you guys know as soon as I hear more news about those guys. Awesome. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. I really want to get into some movie talk. And wherever you're going to be on the spectrum about this one, you need to know. Solo, a Star Wars story. It's you can already get it. It's been digitally released. But if you're patient, which I'm I'm trying to be, but we'll see how long yeah. I can last for this one. The physical release for Solo Star Wars Story comes out on September 25th. But there's a little bit more to know about that. Best Buy is going to be carrying a 4K steel case for it. I mean, if you've got a good-looking library filled with steel cases already, this is a no-brainer. Guys, come on. you got to get this That's thing. the one I'm going to get for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about that, yeah, but Target has this exclusive Red Falcon metal model. Uh, you got to be a red card holder to get that. Unfortunately, if you're not, there still is a 40-page art book edition. So if you're a fan of the art, definitely go for that. If you like that solid metal, go to Best Buy. Yeah, that 40-page art book sounds like something that's up uh, Noma's alley there. What do you think, Noma? 
Yeah, it sounds interesting. Um, there's a couple of things that I really would like to see kind of in detail, like the you only see it for what five seconds, but the the ATSD variant that they have, uh, some of the, the stormtrooper variants, like the the I can't remember what the what the official name for them is, the stormtroopers that are on the train. Oh, oh yeah, like the snowtrooper type thing with like the fur. Yeah. I I can't remember what they were called. The name sounded really weird okay. to me. It was like. I, I want. I'm hoping it's not like train trooper or speeder trooper, but oh, I train trooper would be terrible. Way too specific. Yeah, I think it's like a. Trooper, I'm gonna dial. He will only go out deployed on. It could be like a survival trooper. You wear this armor, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Because hazard, well, hazard weather kind of thing. Yeah, because because I always remember in in Rogue One, the beige troopers you see were called shore troopers, and I was like, that's too specific. I don't mind. Why? That. Why do you need a variant just yeah. for the shores of a? Oh, it's like, oh, you're going to be on desert planets only, so we deploy you to Tatooine and Scarif, and that's it. That's yeah. your job. Yeah, you're stuck there. <laughs> be happy with Another that. Another thing is, too, Noma, if you don't get the 40-page art book one, you can always buy the uh, solo art book. Like, there's an actual full art book that shows you all the concept art and notes and stuff on the movie. Yeah, that's true. That'll probably be neat. I'll probably be checking out uh, checking out that book in the future. Nice. Yeah, I already pre-ordered the one from Best Buy, The Steelcase. Nice. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, the thing to remember, too, with the physical release is you get the 4K Blu-ray, the normal Blu-ray, and then a digital download code that you can get through iTunes or Google Play or whatever um, service you use, which is why I usually wait for the uh, physical release because you get the digital release and the physical release for the price of the physical release. The digital release of Solo, A Star Wars Story has come out, and... John Kasdan's come up with 53 random factoids and notes about the making and writing for people who are interested. And Dan, if you want to go from there, tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, um, I was looking on on Twitter and I just saw John Kasdan tweet this. And it was really cool. This was uh, on September 14th. Um, and he just wanted to, like, they didn't have a commentary on the solo um, release, apparently. So he just wanted to release th- 53 random facts and it took me about an hour or so to get through all of them and, and read through them in detail um, but I, I did write down some notable ones that I thought were interesting specifically to me and possibly to people that are interested in, in canon material um, so I'll just I'll read some quotes here that uh, John Kasdan had on uh, Solo here number four so uh, factoid number four uh, Han told Leia about um, him and Kira uh, and how they broke out of the den of the white worms. And that's what gave Leia the idea to pull a real thermal detonator when disguised as a bounty hunter Bosch in Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. So I thought that was very interesting. Oh, okay, yeah, that that whole scenery is like, that's a rock. No, it's not. It's a thermal detonator. Right. You just made that noise with your mouth. Oh, okay. Yeah, that whole scene, he told that to Leia, and then Leia used that later on with a real thermal detonator in Jabba's palace to save Han. So that kind of, that's really cool. Um, number 19, uh, Kira casually references an Athorian antiquities dealer named Doc Ondar. And uh, John says, remember that name. You'll see it again someday. So I wonder who that is. Um, an Athorian, um, I think the closest thing that like I can point people towards as an Athorian is if you remember in Rebels, um, there was a bar on Lothal. Um, I think it's old Joe uh, in Rebels. He was an Athorian. He's like a hammerhead shark-looking alien. He is uh, an Athorian. So that's kind of the same species 
as Doc Ondar. And I recognize that name, but I don't remember f- where from. Um, I don't Getting know if... into them fighting words with that hammerhead statement there. What do you mean? <laughs> you know they hate that. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. That's, that's basically the kind of species he is. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, number 27. You couldn't get uh, from here to Black Spire Outpost without me. Black Spire Outpost is coming soon to a theme park near you. So the Star Wars theme park, the whole theme park is um, Batu, which is um, basically in the Thrawn Alliances novel. And Black Spire Outpost is a location in that novel as well as on Batu, And that will be in the... Um, the theme park. Now that quote, you couldn't get me, you couldn't get from here to Black Spire Outpost without me. That quote is said by, I believe, um, Kira L3 in the movie. Oh yeah, it might it might have been L three, um, in the movie. So that's kind of cool how they just little reference there. Um, the area on Savarine with the refinery is called Narcotic. Looks like there. It starts with a P. So P N A K O T I C. So I'm going to pronounce that Narcotic or Narcotic. Warwick Davis, number 49, uh, played Weasel, a character he played in The Phantom Menace. So that's kind of cool how he continued his role there. I didn't know that the character uh, Weasel was in The Phantom Menace, actually. So that's interesting. Yeah, that quote about uh, Narcotic, uh, that's that's hilarious because of the the Kessel, well, what Kessel was, it was a spice mine, right? Right. Spice is like they're narcotics, so let's call it narcotic. Yeah. It's narcotic or whatever. It's like nice play on words there, Exactly. That's kind of what I got from that word, too. It does sound like narcotic. Uh, Yeah, so number 50, uh, the third act of the movie, the resolution of Han, or sorry, not of the movie, so the third act in general, uh, the resolution of Han and Kira has yet to be told. So he's saying that the interactions between both Han and Kira are not done yet, right? So it could be a book, a movie, a comic, a TV show, maybe a small little animated special like Forces of Destiny or something. But yeah, those are the um, few little factoids that I found on John Kazan's tweet there that I, I found interesting. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, so a lot of neat stuff in there. Uh, the, <clears throat> the whole thing with, uh, I, I don't know if it's, Bosch or Bosch or whatever his name is. Um, that thing was pretty neat. I mean, it's one of those things where it's one of those pieces of lore where I don't I don't feel like it needs the backstory, but it's not unappreciated backstory. Yeah, it kind of shows that the the creators cared mm. and they knew their their lore. Yeah, exactly. To be able to pick that far back to to that specific thing, right? Exactly. And then yeah, the the whole Black Spire thing, right? I mean, we're gonna see it. In, in the, um, I, I can't remember what the name of it is, but the theme park that's coming up, right? Uh, yeah, it's called Edge of the Galaxy, I think. Or Galaxy's yeah. Edge. Galaxy's, Galaxy's Edge. Edge? Something like that. Yeah, because the Black Spire Outpost, I think you were saying before, we're getting, we're getting that in there, right? Yeah. Hmm. I've just, every time we talk about Galaxy's Edge, I get so excited. I really <laughs> want this park so bad. Yeah. All right, do you want to get into the concept designs? Sure. So, continuing on with the solo news, there are a few concept designs that were made for solo that have been posted out now, and we'll have a link to them in the show notes. 
you can probably skip seeing these. <laughs> but if I've piqued your interest just enough, I apologize in advance. These, honestly, it's have a look. Some of these are just so. I'm glad they didn't go with half of these. Let's 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 go with that. They're a little what do you silly. Boys think? Yeah, yeah. What do you boys think about that? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm very happy. I'm, I'm on the same. There's one single design I like here, um, and it's the it's it's labeled concept art of who would become the dealer. Yeah, by Adam Brockbank. I see that one. And yeah, that guy looks good. He looks Star Warsy. I like that. There's some where it's like I could kind of see it, but I would have been very distracted. Like uh, the, the big eye concept. He it's was just in a the dude movie. with. Was he? Yeah, he was in the um, the uh, background. If you look at right underneath his concept art, um, he's in the background there. Mm. Oh, the next game. Yeah. Never mind. I didn't even notice him, so I'm <laughs> blind. The I worked on the freaking movie, look... and I never noticed him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, it looks like there. he looks like a like if you were to create like a Sith Lord. If a child were to create a Sith Lord. That's what a Sith Lord would look like to a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is very accurate. There, there's a couple that aren't awful. Like, I'm very happy with the Lady Proxima they went with. Now that I know yeah. what some of the other pieces look like, definitely. Um, this, this, and, the first piece of art there, the not the one, sorry, the second, mm-hmm. I guess, where it's like giant, like, yeah, giant lake monster Proxima. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's terrifying. But like at the same time, oh, it's got a Dark Souls. Yeah, yes. right? Yeah. The second one I like. I don't mind. It looks like kind of like a fate, kind of like the three fates. A little bit, yeah. It would just would it, it'd be a little bit odd to see Lady Proxima be three people. I don't know. I, I like the the thought. I always like the thought of one yeah, um, the, central yeah. game. Okay. I, 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 I took that one a little differently. I thought like the middle one was Lady Proxima and the other two were just other white worms. It just looks oh, too okay. mystical for a... For a yeah, a, for like a gang or something. I mean, not saying they couldn't be. It's just it's harder to work with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then then the mall concept art. Oh boy. <laughs> oh god. Oh yeah. So this is where I wanted to apologize in advance because. Um, I mean, man. I'm just gonna point this out. I couldn't have drawn mall any better than <laughs> any of his concept art, and like, they're well drawn, and it's just I don't prefer these to what they went with, and I'm glad yeah, they went with was... what they did. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like I, I applaud the audit the artists uh, okay I try to speak English first and then I applaud the artists <laughs> yeah <laughs> I artists. applaud the artists I, I yeah I applaud the artists for their creativity because you know like Dan said I I couldn't draw like this I could I couldn't think of half of these designs oh yeah um but as someone who's seen Darth Maul in the Clone Wars and who's seen Darth Maul in Rebels. I'm very used to that look of him. And so to see him in some some of these character designs like these, him going back to the spider legs or him going into these strange kind of like dual pincer legs, it's very, very jarring. And it would have, I think, it, I think it like twofold, it would have weirded out people who had seen him in Rebels and it would have really alienated people who had never seen him in Clone Wars or Rebels, they would have been like, what, what happened? What is this? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, I do prefer though, 
Um, I, I like the lightsaber they went with because it's like a shout out to Rebels a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, I do love that like staff pike thing that he's, he's carrying. It's almost like a, a lightsaber glaive um, in the concept art. I really, I really do enjoy that weapon because we haven't seen anything in the movies yet that's not like a lightsaber type tool or weapon that's like a pike or like nunchucks or like uh tonfa that kind of stuff like other weapons that mm-hmm. use the lightsaber crystals um so it'd be really refreshing to see something like that but you know it is what it is mm-hmm. no and you're right because the the closest we've ever seen to something like this is like knights of the old republic right exactly um, yeah, specifically, even though I've never played it, Knights of the Fallen Empire, because they've got that one lady. And oh, you probably Senya. Senya yes. Seral, yeah. yeah She's, has she has a, a pike. She basically has a pike, yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. And I, oh, I love that when the back snaps out and the thing turned on. I was like, oh, boy, mm-hmm. that is a cool lightsaber design. Yeah, there's a and, character that has Tonfa lightsabers, and I, I love those. Those are really cool. Oh, yeah, back in Legends. And uh, the, the the pike here, you're right, it... it pike or glaive i'm not too sure which this would classify as but the the thing that that's really neat is that they've managed to make this thing look really sadistic yeah like it looks like a fit uh bit? i just can't speak today um <laughs> a it looks it, it looks like a sith instrument that yeah you know no jedi's running around it looks, wielding that thing. like it looks to me like the blade itself looks like a katana blade like a lightsaber katana and then it mm-hmm. looks like it's got the um the light the katana type handguard and then it goes into like a huge pole arm which is really cool mm-hmm. okay yeah, it, so going off of that thought right um yeah it could be like a legends weapon too because if you think about the the jedi academy the temple had their temple guards and they had a kind of weapon yeah like a pike no? yeah very similar yeah. yeah so imagine like the academy on korriban if there were to be guards that weren't just imperials or anything like that if they wanted like they could have something like that there some like this would have been their weapon that would have been really cool to see that would have been really cool to see in the like when you were in rebels when you go underneath the surface of korriban or whatever that planet was that maul was on um that ezra and kanan and everybody get on and they fight the inquisitors and stuff where Mm -hmm. you see all like the frozen people in like stat like like kind of like aftermath of like pompeii type thing where they're all frozen under rock yeah. Um, and yeah, you see their the weapons yeah and you see all their weapons and stuff on the ground you see like the cross saber and Ezra tries to activate it and then like seeing something like that would have been fun mm-hmm. on the ground like as a sith weapon but sadly we didn't um another piece of art that i want to see i don't know if this is like a 3d cg piece of art or not um but just below all the concept art with the, the pike glaive thing um, you see Maul's face rendered three different ways to make him look a little older, looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, is that 3D art or is that is that like just like a 2D drawing on a computer? I'm pretty sure that that looks like a 3D model to me. Um, and if it's not, it looks very convincing. Yeah, if I feel like it's just because of the, the shading on the cloak. I could be wrong. Um, it could be part of like a Black Series figure. That was just kind of toyed around with for a bit. Yeah, it says here that they basically took like, his normal design from like episode one. It looks like for his face on the left hand side, and they started adding scars, visible scars and things around his face and whatnot to kind of get to where they got on the right hand side. Um, and they desaturated mm-hmm. a little bit more to make him look a little bit more, um, you know, weathered. Yeah, to really bring out all those uh, the shading and really bring out all those wrinkles. Yeah, and I, I think this is really neat too because um, 
that is the one thing with Rebels is you don't really get a sense of how much Maul's aged. He kind of just looks like the same person. Just hunched over. A little more yeah. emaciated is all. Like, yeah. yeah that, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. And you figure he's probably in his, like, earliest he's in his 40s, oldest he's in his 60s, like Obi-Wan. Yeah. So to see him age that much now in Rebels or in Solo, uh, what's happening to me today? <laughs> to see him that much older in Solo it really does kind of bring that believability in, I think. Right. Now, there's another that, piece. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No worries. Because, um, yeah, I was going to say, that was the one thing that surprised me in Rebels is the first time you see him and he goes, oh, call me old master. And he pulls back his hood and I went, you look like you've aged about a year. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's I, happened. How I thought you? differently. I was like, oh, okay, he looked, like you said, Ed, he looks a little emaciated. Um, mm. and he just looks a little bit more frail the way he was walking and stuff like that. Um, mm. but yeah, no, it's, it's interesting to see the difference, what they went with and what they were thinking of, um, as That's designs true. for him in solo, at least. Um, yeah. And, and, and no, you're right. He wasn't very emaciated, but my immediate thought when he was walking old was, ah, he's learned the Palpatine trick of looking old. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and he, then hard cut the five minutes later when he's beating fifth brother with his stick. And I was like, ah, see, I was right. Exactly. <laughs> He hasn't lost it. He's lost his your training master. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't lost his touch. Now, okay, the last couple pieces of art here uh, of Maul, I honestly, I do not care for. Uh, the hair, <laughs> I've seen the hair in um, SWTOR, uh, Star Wars Knight, or The Old Republic, sorry, the MMO. Um, you can add hair to the Zabrak race if you wanted to, like your character. <laughs> and I really didn't care for the hair on the Zabraks. It, to me, it looks a little wonky. Um, and just seeing Maul with like these like really thin strands of hair, it just makes him look so emo. And I just <laughs> honestly, it's like, hey man, Edge Lord Maul. Yeah, Edge Lord Maul, exactly. When he was a young boy, <laughs> his father. Oh God. Took him to Palpatine. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, I, I just he... I didn't care for the the hair on on Maul. It doesn't look. I don't think it fits him. Yeah, because I was going to say, I think there's there's a whole Tuzabrak that we've seen canon, canonically have hair, and that's, uh, what's his name, Eeth Koth from Clone Wars. Okay. Yep. And Aegon Kolar from Revenge of the Sith, who everyone remembers because he fights Palpatine for, I think, four seconds. seconds. Yeah, he's the second one to die, I think. I honestly didn't realize he was a Zabrak. <laughs> Because yeah. none of them swing their sabers fast enough to win. Just, hey, oh, okay. hey what you're going to do in this scene, you're going to fall over. Oh, my God. Hey, okay. You're a liar. Kit Fisto got one strike in, and then he immediately died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, that scene always struck me as weird because it's like Sasani Tin, who, if you saw the Samurai Jack Clone Wars, is like Ace Fighter Pilot, Clone Wars, Ace Fighter Pilot, Palpatine dies immediately. Like, first one, <laughs> doesn't even get to say anything. Eve <laughs> Coke dies, or uh, Aiden Kohler dies immediately after. Kid Fisto goes, oh, God, blocks one blow, then immediately goes down. And I was just like, oh. And that was supposed to be an elite if... strike team. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like going up against a raid boss with, like, all undergeared <laughs> stuff. And like, oh, no, we're going to do fine. We're going we're gonna to come home and bring home all the trophies. Yeah, yeah. Wipe. What's the worst that could happen? Oh, God, everyone's dead. Don't worry, Anakin's <laughs> here to save the day. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, guys, I reconnected. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> That that is oh god this is a terrible joke I was gonna say that is truly a series of unfortunate events. Oh, god. <laughs> I'm done. I'm gonna leave now. <laughs> why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Yep. <laughs> okay, we have some Cloud Rider art here, um, which is really cool. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying some of these. 
the one that was like drawn by a kid it looks like i i, I haven't read through the article exactly um but it, yeah it looks like there was a, a kid that drew like an alien head and then the artist took that and then put that into um like an actual character design and it looks fantastic after you know they kind of modernize it in the star wars theme and everything it looks really cool what do you guys what do you guys think of that mm-hmm. yeah so I, I was skewing through the story and it's it's a pretty sweet story so it's, it sounds like one of the character designers uh his daughter was drawing aliens and stuff like that and asking if if he could put them in the movie or and specifically like i've drawn she says apparently the quote is i've drawn you some aliens can you make them real can Aww. you draw them better oh that's so cute and i mean you gotta right oh, so oh my god that's so heartwarming yeah, so, so he said that that uh a couple of them were were good and he he really liked this one so that's how uh that's how it ended up evolving and it actually does look quite good the finished result looks like an alien species i can 100 percent see in star wars nice yeah I, i'm just reading through this too here it says dad how's my alien doing and i go well it's still on the wall there's a pyramid of choice and it gets to the, it gets towards the top things fall off and aren't made until we get to the final top row as it were and apparently it made it all the way through so mm-hmm. that's really cool i'm really happy that her art got uh, put into star wars it's got a mm. sweet bounty hunter look to it yeah he's kind of got that yeah. doesn't he i'm it's, liking it's, the alien it's, design it's the coat the coat really seals it for me and everything the and high collar the, the mm-hmm. with the the way he kind of has the horns sort of going up it's like yeah don't mess with me because i'm here to take you in oh guess what you never okay so the original sketch is what would become the person the alien's name is orome isello and his mm. daughter's name is eloise aurora may so the first uh. name of the alien is the last or the middle and last name of the girl and then isello is like a kind of like a anagram, anagram. of eloise a little bit so mm-hmm. that's, that's really cool. cool that's oh my god that makes my heart just sing you know like mm-hmm. uh anyway yeah and that's all the, the concept art. very yeah so i was just gonna sure. input as well just like uh because yeah i i do get a bounty hunter vibe as well and i, I feel like that's because it kind of reminds me of cad bane especially bit. with the the yeah, that come into the mouth and kind of those big eyes and then you got a bit of that keldor kind of face breather so that, yeah it's a lot of things that i can kind of just point back to other uh, star wars characters uh at least star wars races and i think that really helps kind of cement it in the universe mm-hmm. and if you've been following the fandom for a while if you're hardcore in it or if you're even not you will recognize the next couple names coming up here because we have sam whitwer who's talking about maul and solo and the contributions done there and we've done know a little bit more about that yeah it seems like that uh, comicbook.com had an interview with sam whitwer and uh, some quotes that kind of stood out to me were, this is one of them, uh, Star Wars villains have always been composite villains. If you look at Darth Vader, I can name a bunch of people who contributed to that character. Jake Lloyd, Hayden Christensen, David Prowse, James Earl Jones, Sebastian Shaw. These Star Wars characters are bigger than just the actors that play them. Look, I'm just a small cog in the Darth Maul machine. The engine that is already humming along at 88 miles per hour. So he's basically just saying, like, he's he is a part of Darth Maul, but he's not the only part. And that he um, he has another quote here saying, I would always insist that Ray be there and that his presence be part of the character because of the composite nature of these characters. Even when it came to the Clone Wars, we were animating it to create Ray um, as Darth Maul. 
that's the way I feel about it is what he says. And I, I just love the partnership that he has with um, Ray Park. It's, uh, yeah, I find that the the good thing about that is that he mentions the Vader sort of makeup of everyone who contributes to him. But when it comes to Maul, we get Ray Park in the physical aspect where he didn't really say much in episode one, probably like five lines. Whereas the voice that we attribute to Maul now all comes from Whitworth. So to see the fact that they're those two are close and they're working together is it's great, really, to see that. Noma, do you have anything to say? Uh yeah, not too much. I mean, yeah, what you guys have basically covered it. It it's really nice to see. It's good I mean, from what I've seen from Sam Wilber already, he's a very passionate fan, right? You know, he's he's definitely one hundred percent grown up with this and loved it so it's nice to see that then when he gets kind of put into the power and put into the spotlight he doesn't just take it all for himself you know he knows that he's he's humble i guess and that's great to see it's really you know it's really great to see the other cool thing with the whole mall thing that's going on right now is there have been photos of uh, ray park as mall from solo so it's this is also from comic book slash or comicbook.com slash Star Wars. And I'll read the title of the article. Uh, the title of the article is Solo, a Star Wars Story. Lucasfilm releases concept art of Maul's robotic legs. So if you want to look up these pictures yourself, this is uh, the article and the site. So it's, it, it's really nice to see because it very much... You know, it's Ray Park as Maul, so it looks very authentic. Um, obviously, he's aged, you know, a little bit since 1999, and that kind of translates into how he looks now. But that just makes it look more authentic, I think, to me. Yeah, I agree. And there's a lot of, yeah, and and uh, and there's a lot of really nice little details in the costume that you might have missed from, you know, how short his appearance in Solo was. So a couple of neat things. I won't go into everything, but the two biggest things is we get the kind of up-close detailed view of the robotic legs that he had in Rebels. And it's very interesting to see how they envision them in real life where you have, you know, props can be a little bit more detailed as opposed to in Rebels where they were kind of simple. I mean, they also had... I think the big difference that I've noticed is that in Rebels, they had a metal casing that made them look like actual legs, and here they look much more robotic. Yeah. But the other but the other neat detail is that he's got the kind of broken Inquisitor's lightsaber that he had in Rebels, and it's just, it's interesting to see, because, I mean, we've seen that in cartoon form how many times, but it's it's nice to see that lightsaber in real life see what what the props department envisioned for that character and now lucasfilm has another lightsaber to add to the force effects line oh no 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 see, let's not go there that <laughs> it's gonna bankrupt me <laughs> I was gonna how say, many darth maul lightsabers so can you get now you, you can get the full uh, double this would be the third one yeah, you can get the full double-sided lightsaber the one cut in half and now this one and i guess you could add the dark mm, saber yeah. to that too since he wielded that for a bit yeah mm-hmm now, with all of us, I know we're really looking forward to news and anything that we can get our hands on for the new Star Wars movie coming out, Episode Nine. Uh, there's been a new cast announcement. Matt Smith, for those Doctor Who fans there among us, myself included, uh, he'll be joining the cast. We don't know who 
he will be. It's probably for the best right now. I mean, myself, I don't like spoilers in particular, and I consider anything from, oh, this guy's going to be Kylo Ren to this guy's going to be him. It's like, uh, well, I'd rather just recognize you when I'm watching the movie rather than, oh, I'm going to look forward to him and just him only because that kind of takes away from what we see. But uh, J.J. Abrams has cast the British actor Matt Smith in an unknown role for his upcoming Star Wars Episode Nine. Smith, who's coming off his award-winning part in the hit series The Crown, was, of course, cast as the 11th Doctor in the very popular Doctor Who series. And that comes from TheForce.net. But I definitely want to hear more about Matt and what's going to be happening in Episode 9. So everything that comes up here, we'll be sure to get news of and relay on to you. And that includes speculation as well with our fandom. Everybody's wondering what the possible title for this Episode 9 could be. And Reddit has been like wildfire on it. And we've all kind of seemed to settled on a new order as a title. But if you want to contribute to that, definitely jump onto the Reddit and let your voice be heard. It's there for everybody and don't be shy. What do you guys think of a new order as a title? I, I don't mind it. It sounds um, like it can mean many things, just like The Last Jedi could have. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I enjoy it because it's, it's not like super specific. Uh, the only thing that I just thought of this that I could see I'd change one single part of that which would be the new order and the only reason I think that is it, it might it's a very nothing reason but I just noticed episode 7 is The Force Awakens episode 8 is The Last Jedi right if you have a uh, new order yeah it kind of breaks the cycle a little bit I mean who knows they could do it because it's a single word and the is not really important but It'd be interesting if it's the new order. See, I like that because that really contributes to the continuity of like this new trilogy, right? right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was gonna say something on that too because the, the a new order kind of thing, like the last Jedi, like Dan, you were saying, it's very open, which on one end of the spectrum is good because you have that interpretation there. Oh, it could mean this, it could mean that. But we're coming off of two movies where we've been saying, oh, it could be this and it could be that. And while there's been a lot of people who, you know, this is great for a new kind of fandom. This is great for the younger generation growing up. There's also like, I, I still want to I still want to be wowed. And so far, I haven't been to the mm-hmm. to the highest extent of I'm going to go see that tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that and the day after that. I haven't felt that yet. And so. With this one, if there was some sort of like concrete title, just be like like you were saying, the new order. I know I'm going in to expect. Okay, they've got something here. Let's see what they've got, kind of thing. And it hasn't happened for me yet, so I'm keeping up hope that it will happen for this one. And that change could really just that title alone could really make it for them. Too. Yeah, it, the title really does mm-hmm. make it or break it for a lot of people. For me, I'm excited either way if they use that or something different. I'm assuming it's going to be something different because. Um, it's just fan speculation at this point. I mean, that would be a great thing, though, if they plug the fans. It's like, hey, you said it, we listened, and it's a great title, so why not use it kind of yeah. thing? It would show some sort of, you know, hand-in-hand base with the fandom rather than just like, hey, we're going to put this out, and you give us money, and you see what we put out. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. It kind of brings in the, the voice of the fans, which can be good and bad. Exactly. Yes, yes, totally agreed with that. But it's a good it's a good step forward, I think, to really push. Like, hey, fans, we want to we're doing this for you, not just you know, for for the sake of hey, it's a movie. 
this is the kind of message that I think would be great to show from all this negativity that's brewing as well. The camaraderie of sorts. Right? Yeah. But while we're on the subject of the movies, we have Kathleen Kennedy. Now, she is the president of Lucasfilm. She's going to be receiving the Irving G. Thalberg Award. This is an honorary Oscar for production achievement. And for those of us that have maybe just heard of her for the first time with um, Star Wars, she's quite storied in what she's got. And to receive this award is a really high honor. And Dan, do you know uh, exactly where the Irving G. Thalberg Award comes from? Yeah, it's really interesting. It looks like the award originates from the Oscars. And the last time this award was giving out was in 2010. And before that, it was given to George Lucas in 1991 for his work in the Star Wars franchise. Now, it's really cool to see that Kathleen Kennedy is being awarded this honorary uh, production achievement award because she's given so much to Lucasfilm. And to be able to say that she has kept Star Wars going for since 2015. And honestly, I think she's done a fantastic job. So I'm really excited for for her on uh, the, the work she's not only done for the Star Wars franchise, but for everything she's done before that in all the movies she's done. It's very important because I think a lot of people, especially on the negative side, have been bashing her just based on Star Wars alone, but probably don't realize she's got a, you know, she's not nobody. She's not come from nowhere. She has a resume. Oh, very much of, so, yeah. Of titles, right? So that's something that if that if the negativity brings in the discussion, like, oh, Sword of Storm, like, well, you know, what's she done before? And why was she put in this position? Can I name some movies that and she's been involved with before? Yeah, go for it. That only adds to the... So point. this is basically just, like, her resume of movies that she's worked on. So um, most recently, uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Solo, Rogue One, The Force Awakens, Jurassic Park in 1993, E.T., 1982, um, The Sixth Sense, Indiana Jones 5, um, let's see here. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Jurassic Park 3, a um, whole bunch of movies. Hook, Twister, Arachnophobia, like everything you can think of. Sea Biscuit, literally just like a huge repertoire of movies. Even Ponyo she was involved in. I didn't know that. Did you say Indiana Jones 5? Yeah, um, I didn't realize, but that's actually a future release in 2021, the one that they're working on with uh, Harrison Ford as his last movie for Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. No, that's a that's a very impressive resume in just some of the movies she's worked on. Perfect. I mean, more Harrison Ford is only good Harrison Ford, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Once again, congratulations on your achievement, Kathleen. And we're going to be looking forward to seeing what you're going to do next, considering that your contract has been renewed and you'll remain at the head of the table at least until 2021. Now, I only like to be the bearer of some good news. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to go against that today and talk to you guys about Gary Kurtz. The unfortunate news here is that he has passed away. If you don't know too much about Gary, we're here to tell you. Um, he was the legendary producer of Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, man, just give me, give me a minute here. Yeah. This is this is never good news to relay, and I don't like doing this for you guys. But yeah, he was seventy-eight years old. Yeah, he he worked on a lot of stuff, and and just saying he was the producer of the classic episode four and episode five, both were amazing films for the time and even today. 
Um, like he was very, very talented person. I honestly, um, growing up, I never, I've never heard his name. Um, just because I guess I, I was growing up in the early nineties, late two thousands kind of era. Um, and it just, I, I never really watched the credits and stuff. So I never really saw his name, um, there, but just to know that he had his hands in, uh, both star Wars and empire strikes back and knowing how those films kind of affected me as a kid. And even today, I really, I do tip my hat to the, to, uh, to Gary. He was very influential that's for sure for all the theme park fans out there there's a very special announcement for you if you've probably seen it by now if you haven't we're happy to tell you about the star wars galaxy's edge uh attraction that's coming to disney world quite soon and dan if you'd like to go into a little bit more detail about that yeah i'm like as you guys know i am super excited for star wars galaxy's edge the Disney theme park at Disneyland and Disney World coming in, I think they said 2019. And oh my God, like they have even more awesome news. So the first thing here is not news per se, but more of a rumor. Um, it's reported on Star War, uh, makingstarwars.net that um, a source of theirs said that it's, it's possible that John Williams and Michael Giacchino, the person who did the music for Rogue One, uh, are to score the new music and themes for the theme park, which would be awesome because it gives you that authentic feel for um, Star Wars when you're there, right? When you're th- when you're hearing all the the themes and the music in the universe that is now in this theme park, and you're there and you're just involved with all these different characters and creatures and droids and everything, it just kind of adds to that experience. What do you guys What do you guys think of that? Oh, I think that's that's awesome. Like anything star wars as soon as you add john williams it's just it makes it seem more authentic right so i think that that's going to be awesome and michael uh, giacchino as well he's got a lot of awesome scores that really add to the star wars universe so i think both of them like there's no negatives here both of them together it's going to be awesome like with the scale of disney world being what it is can you imagine like you know how mickey mouse has his whole like they have parades and things like that but can you imagine something for the galaxy's edge like if they want to do it like an imperial march kind of bring in the 501st get the, and you get the score that comes with it and they march down the alleyway with either like fader in front of them or something else like that would be insane i can guarantee you they're gonna be partnering with the 501st for some events and stuff right that that would be insane so i'm looking forward to that now you know i can Okay, I'm, I'm getting a total fan truck this is, here. This, but, this yeah. is going to be just like speculation on my end, but like, what do you guys think if you know there's you go to the theme park when it first opens and there's all these events and stuff like that, but like later on, so to bring people back into the park, they'll have like a time maybe later in the year or the next year where it's like there's a special event for this weekend or like these few weekends where there's uh, an imperial invasion on this planet, and so they have the 501st come in and there's stormtroopers stationed everywhere and it changes the feel of the park and stuff like that what do you think well that would be amazing that would be something I, i'd go i'd have to go i'd be like oh where, where do we sign up for the imperial army kind of thing you know like they have a station for that even like <laughs> the first one in line yeah i'm i'm very scared about what you just told me because i don't have that much money 
<laughs> you gotta stop buying those miniatures, man. To go <laughs> 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 gotta save those. Gotta save those pennies. It's either gonna be that or like the last podcast, like we were saying. I'm just gonna have to start harvesting my organs. Yeah. That might have to be a. I don't need two of these. <laughs> can I? I can breathe on one lung. Can I grow another one? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, that that makes me so excited for this. Now that just thinking about the theme park and things. Um, the other the other piece of news that we have. This is actual news from the Disney Parks blog. So officially from their account, that uh, there is going to be a cantina in the park. And it's going to be called Oga's Cantina. Now, um, I'm just going to read a little bit of a blip from this where it says, uh, no self-respecting remote outpost on the galaxy on the edge of the galaxy would call itself a smuggler's planet without a cantina. And Black Spire Outpost is no exception. Today, I'm pleased to share more details for Oga's Cantina, which will be serving pilots, bounty hunters, smugglers, locals, and galactic travelers alike when it opens in 2019. Visitors come to this notorious local watering hole to unwind, conduct shady business, and maybe even encounter a friend or a foe. Run by an intriguing alien proprietor, Ogagara, the cantina adheres to a strict code of conduct that tries to keep its unruly patrons in check. But with a history of being smugglers' safe haven and a popular stopping point for seeking to avoid authorities, you can bet that the cantina has a story or two to tell. Ogus Cantina is kind of establishment that attracts some of the most interesting and disreputable characters in the galaxy. And you never know when a stormtrooper or a familiar face will show up. Patrons of the cantina can come from across the galaxy to sample famous concoctions created with exotic ingredients using otherworldly methods served in unique vessels with choices for kids and libations for adults. The cantina will make it for a great stop. So that... Tells me right there that may include alcoholic beverages. You guys... I feel like alcohol and a Star Wars theme park might become dangerous. I mean, if they're selling lightsabers and stuff, exactly. yeah, you can, you can imagine. But at the but... same time, I can imagine how creative you can get with some of the names. Like every time, every time there's a new literature out or there's a new movie out and somebody goes in the cantina, there's always some kind of like, oh, I'll, let, I'll get some Corellian whiskey. It's like, oh, yeah, you don't want to try oh, like yeah. the... the... Like the outer rim purge or something. It's like, what's that? Do you think? Do you think they're gonna have like a um, mixology kind of thing for the theme park, where they're gonna have their own special drinks from the like internal galaxy? Like, they obviously will, but do you think they'll publish like, a book or something that you can make your own? Once it hmm. closes, if I hope that years to come, maybe. But they may do something like that. It's like, hey, you want to remember your time, or only if you go right, there. It's like, do you right. remember your time here? And, like, oh, yeah, here's yeah. like. Here's a couple that you can have. We won't give you the full list, right. but you know you seem to like this Andorian ale a lot. So why not? Here you go. Here's your thing. And then you can make yeah. it at home and remember your time and the drink that you loved so much there. Kind of. Now there's another piece of news yeah, here that. that is um, musical entertainment is provided courtesy of RX24, the former Star Speeder 3000 pilot droid we first met on Star Tours. So now he's revisioned himself as the Cantina's DJ. So he's uh, used to be a attraction piece for the Star Tours um, ride, and now he, the pilot for that, and now he's actually uh, the Cantina's DJ, which is kind of funny. And speaking of music, no, you might want to tell me what you think about this, but um, seeing as we're going to have a Cantina, there's got to be like a Bith band Ooh. playing that iconic Cantina <laughs> music anywhere. You Live band music? You oh, know, yeah. it... You'll have the DJ, of course, but just to hear them and see them doing like that squigging action they do, it's like, oh, are we playing this again? We're playing it again. Let's yeah. go. 
I don't know. What do you think, man? Oh yeah, no, I, I, I would be incredibly disappointed. As cheesy as that line, as that song is, I would be very disappointed if I didn't hear that one there. I might be able to live without the song in Jabba's Palace, <laughs> but but I, I need my Beth Band there. I'm excited to see if maybe they have some uh, actors playing as Ferg and Dan and the modal nodes. Have them come in and do like the authentic music. That'd be awesome. Those are the guys from the Mos Eisley Cantina. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what I was thinking of. But also, if they um. If they'd have like little, you know, maybe pictures on the lower sections of like, you know, Han Solo talking to Greedo or something like that in a cantina. And then you have Obi-Wan from episode two. Don't, do not grill me. That's if I didn't bring enough episode two. <laughs> but like when he's trying to find out who, you know, the Camino dart that uh, Jango Fett uses, like little things like that. Like it's, depending on where you are in the park, what cantina you go into, if it's Ogas or if they just have smaller ones around, it'd be really it'd be really cool to see things like that. Like not even just art pieces, but like you know, like models in the in the cantina for that. Mm-hmm. Now, while we know this is going to be great over in Florida and on the coast, we also want to talk about things that are happening a little closer in New York. Noma, if you want to take that away, sure. All right, yeah. So, yeah, the New York Comic Con this year is happening from October 4th to the 7th. And it's going to have a whole bunch of Star Wars panels. So I'll just go over a couple of them. If you want to know the full list, then, you know, you can go to the New York Comic Con site and look up their schedule. Um, But a couple of the more Star Wars-oriented ones. So we've got Disney Presents Publishing, what's new and upcoming from Disney Publishing. So that's just going to be a sneak peek of all the plans that they have and you know titles that they've already decided on for the future so that one will probably be pretty cool there's uh, star wars women of the galaxy which is going to be focusing on celebrating a lot of the formative female characters of star wars in a in a fan-centric panel hosted by author amy ratcliffe and several other authors who are contributing to the new book star wars women of the galaxy so you know it's going to be great and really inspiring and empowering so i'm sure that panel is going to be awesome as well and we've also got uh disney lucasfilm publishing presents stories from a galaxy far far away so i mean kind of the same vein as all as a lot of these panels it's all just going to be for upcoming books that are centered around the galaxy and it'll be really awesome so i mean there's a whole bunch of other ones another one that i see is so you want to be a jedi or some true pilot which looks cosplay centric and, yeah, it's going to have representatives from the 501st Legion, Rebel Legion, Mandalorian, Mercs, and Saber Guild for how to make your own costumes and what materials to use and make sure that they're made with materials that won't get you kicked out of a con. So I'm sure that'll be awesome for a lot of people. I'm probably going to see if I can find that panel online since I probably won't be going. But, yeah, stuff like that. It sounds like it'll be really awesome. And definitely for us, I know the Mandalorian Mercs, I need to. I need yes. to watch that or see whatever it is. I, at some point in my life, I will make that armor and I will go and I will join them this is, because Mandalorians are awesome and people need to know. This is a great opportunity to just plug um, Star Wars Celebration in April. April 11th to the 15th, I believe it is. We're going to be going and uh, I am excited because this is going to be my third celebration I've been to, but it's going to be uh, Ed and Noma's first celebration. So I'm super 
duper excited to see the reactions once I get there. Okay, next we have the Resistance trailers that dropped. We have two. We have uh, the Aces uh, trailer, and then we also have um, the extended sneak peek for the plot of the series. So let's get into the first video, the Aces trailer. The Aces are a group of pilots among the best in the galaxy. There are five of the top pilots on the platform who are hired to protect the base. All pilots to your stations. But when there aren't any threats, they just race for fun. They have competitions to see who's the best racer. They each needed to look visually distinct. Everybody needed to have kind of their hook in their own droids and ships. You might see the hotshot pilot. There's more to them as a person. Hey, everyone. Very good, Kasuda. Now can we fix the gravity generator? Tora Doza, who's the daughter of Captain Doza, she's a very gifted pilot. She's the youngest as well. I'm Myrna Velasco. I play Tora Doza on Star Wars Resistance. <sighs> she has this sense of childlike wonder, and like she loves her friends and family, which is like this deep dedication. It's all just friendship and love. You get her into a ship, and man, she will just like blow you out of the water. She is a competitive force, but because she is a little bit protected by her dad, what she's looking for is a set of friends, and she finds a true friend in Kaz. They're just two kids trying to figure out the world, and I hope that audiences can really see that friendship. Nobody survived racing against me, but who knows? Maybe you'll be the first to walk away. Yeah. Second place isn't that bad. I mean, it's not first. Not everyone can be hype. That's Hype Faison, one of the best pilots on the platform. Donald Faison, play Hype Faison. Great name. It's one of the few times I've created a character around the person. I had met Donald a couple times. He is a huge Star Wars fan. Here's your character. His name is Hype Faison. Say it again. Hey, everybody, look who it is. Oh, you know who it is. Hype is the best pilot on the platform. He's a little cocky. He's a little full of himself. He's got a lot of sponsors on his ship and on his uniform. So you can kind of get that straight away. Like, he's just in this for the glamour. Hi. But then you start to see he actually cares about his fellow racers because they all play a part in what's going to happen in the future. Ace one to squadron. Line them up. Griff is the, the cranky old man. It's been too long since we've seen some action. Hi, I'm Steven Stanton, and I play an ex Imperial TIE fighter pilot by the name of Griff Halloran. He's got a lot of his old original gear. It's all falling apart at this point. He's just got this modded out TIE fighter. He's a little rough around the edges. Griff's not a guy that you want to cross. Everyone leaves him alone because he's just kind of the brooding guy who just is in the corners. He's still out there looking for that one last great battle. You'll have to bring her in manually. Follow my signal. I'm Mary Elizabeth, and I play Freya Fenris. Freya's interesting because at first she comes off a bit icy and cold. I don't think she's ever she's ever smiled in the show, but she's very much like, I'm just gonna get my job done. Competitive, hyper-logical. If you can't hack it on the team, she's not gonna give you the time of day, pretty much. But also, probably the one you can trust the most. Uh, like, she's gonna be the one that's gonna get your back. They're breaking off the attack! Then we have Bokeevil, who is really fun because he's like the evil Knievel. He's the stunt racer. He's sort of this mysterious character. His ship just, it's got four wings. It can go into any configuration possible. 
usually crashes it. He tends to crash a lot because he's always pushing it to the edge. Part of the fun of this show is getting to know each one of these characters. At this point in time, war hasn't really taken place yet. Everybody's trying to find what position they're gonna play. They're all reluctant resistance members. They didn't want this. It's sort of been thrust upon them because of the First Order. It just allows you an opportunity to explore this point in time with something that no one's seen before. You're asking, like, what's gonna happen next? Oh my gosh, I didn't know that about them. Ten-year-old Donald would love this show because it's about pilots racing. It has espionage in it. It's like everything that you've ever wanted in a Star Wars television show. What'd you guys think of that trailer? It looks interesting. Um, I'm still giving this one a chance because like I was saying last time or earlier, you know, like with Avatar and Clone Wars and Rebels, all those kinds of shows, the season one's always kind of goofy. And if the fan base gets behind it, then it'll start getting more interesting or more adult-ish. I mean, remember, Clone Wars starts with the Clone Wars first season has an episode with Jar Jar's making stupid plate sculptures. Such a good episode. My favorite piece of canon material ever. <laughs> you you would say that. No, no, no. And, terrible, terrible but, stuff. But then then hard cut to season five where Maul is slaughtering an entire village to get Obi-Wan's attention. Right? I mean, there's huge tonal shifts in these these series. Avatar just did it really early in episode four with a skeleton because, you know, kids show. But I'm hoping Resistance does that. I think I've said this before, a big reason for that is I nothing's attaching me to this new trilogy right now. There's no reason I really care about the conflict because I still don't know or understand anything from Force Awakens or Last Jedi. And I know people say, oh, you didn't know anything about the Rebels or the Empire in, in the original trilogy. And it's like, yes, but that's the point because these are jumping off points, right? They're not new original factions they're ones that, that are evolutions of factions that we already knew but i'm learning less about them than i knew about the original factions so like how did they make star killer base what's the first order's strength why am i supposed to be scared of their star destroyers compared to the old ones and there is a small glimmer of hope in that because i heard, actually heard about this yesterday and i didn't realize it was from this trailer but if you guys go to the extended sneak peek trailer again and pause at around the 16 second mark you might see something interesting that they were talking about or that i heard uh, a couple people talking about i think here let me see if i can i think it was space doc talking about it uh space doc shout out to them they're an awesome awesome youtube channel yes it was space doc they do uh in-depth kind of analyses on any kind of sci-fi any kind of starships spaceships all that kind of stuff they're really awesome guys but what they pointed out is that if you pause at the 16-second mark, you see two blue X-Wings, and they do not actually look like X-Wings. And the theory is that these might be the new T-85 Mark X-Wings. Ooh, okay. Because, yeah, all of the uh, S-Foil cannons look different. Yeah. And this thing has eight engines on it. Yeah, it's got four in the middle area and then four are like the normal ones. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. So, that would be really cool if in Resistance we get a look at the new X-Wings. That would be a reason I like them a lot. 
yeah. mean, we'll see. We'll see what they can do, right? It would be cool, though, if we actually get to see an expanded roster, maybe an evolution of the Y-Wing instead of those terrible bomber... I, I'm going to go into it because I'll be yeah, screaming no. for an hour. Yeah, I'm going to join you on ugh. that one, man. I, I hate the design of the Y-Wing. Oh, no, I, not the Y-Wing. Not the Y-Wing. I like the design of the Y-Wing. I hate the design of the Resistance Bombers in Episode Eight. Oh, yeah, the oh, really well, tall ones? Yeah, I added on to that, too. Yeah, yeah. the weird... The weird like they were vertical shape, were they not? Kind I of have, yeah, I have so many questions. Why would you make your silhouette larger to make them easier to hit? What was the point of being worried about the surface can? Is if the tie one tie fighter kills three of them? <laughs> Just all these. I don't know. Why do the bombs fall down in space? Why did they? You launch so many that the explosion travels up back into the ship. A lot of questions. I don't know. Just. I won't get into that because I'll be screaming for an hour. Resistance engineering in the house. Apparently, right? We need to make transports that look like boxes. I think they just <laughs> wanted to change up the design, like as as like coming from like a movie standpoint and like design standpoint. I think they wanted to change up some of the designs of the the fighters because they're all very sleek looking, which I get, right? But I've, I've heard, yeah, that one, and, yeah. Oh, sorry. Because um, if no, you, I was just gonna say, go ahead, sorry, go, ahead go ahead, Noah, go ahead. Okay. I, sorry, I was going to say, like, what I heard was, this is, I, I've never looked into this, though, but what I heard was that um, Johnson wanted the bombers to evoke the old World War II B-52 bombers. That would make sense, because they use physical projectile bombs rather mm -hmm. than energy. Right. Yeah, exactly, right? But I have two problems there. One is, a, like what you just said, physical bombs. We're in a world where everything's energy-based. We have proton bombs this is a, like i understand that it looks cooler but this is a step backwards and two the entire point of those b-52 bombers was they were supposed to have starfighter escorts and there is no starfighter escort for them because starfighter and i know that they sent ships to help them but your starfighter escort just doesn't usually zip all the way ahead and then just immediately get blown out of the sky yeah for a successful mission at least so i don't know lots of weird little things so i'm hoping that this TV show brings in enough new ships and new designs. Oh, I guarantee it will. Drop. I hope so. Um, so in the Team Aces trailer that that dropped, uh, we got introduced to some Ace pilots, uh, and they are called Tora Doza, Hype Phazon, who's a Rodian, mm -hmm. uh, Freya mm -hmm. Fenris, Griff Hall Halloran, and Bo Kevel, who is the same race as Plo Koon. I can't remember what that is called. But that, uh, Keldor. Keldor. He's a Keldorian. Yeah. Um, so we get introduced to those characters. What did you think of those characters, guys? Mm. Uh, <laughs> Alright, I'll start. Uh, yeah. Doza. Um, I don't know why, but a lot of the time when I'm watching like a, a cartoon or um, an animated series, stuff like that, the, the positive characters... Um, I get really pulled towards. Like, I, I really do love Doza and her character kind of... Um, her quirks and just how like happy she is um i don't know if you guys remember in avatar the I, th I can't remember what her name is but she was the one that was like s the one of the three fire panders ty, ty lee yes yeah. she's very similar she reminds me of ty lee a little bit in in that mm -hmm. kind of regard where she's kind of always happy and kind of go lucky type character um so i'm really excited to see where she goes because apparently she is she is on a team ace uh squadron and she's really good um, Hype Faison, who is played by Donald Faison from, is it Scrubs? Um, 
he he's playing a Rodian, um, and he is one again one of the the better pilots at uh, Colossus, and uh, he is an interesting looking character. He, I just love how his name's first name's Hype. I mean, that's pretty funny. <laughs> you can They're... you can tell the the difference there because Dan really likes the name, and me and Ed both groaned when we heard the name. I mean, okay, th- yeah. <laughs> think about it. Okay, I get where you guys are coming from, but think about it from a kid's perspective, right? In our mm. in our day and age, hype is a word that we use that people use to be excited about something. Um, and seeing that as a character's name, as a, I think as a younger kid, is going to be interesting because this character is very hype-driven. Like, he's a very hyper kind of character. Um, so it, it will also kind of... It'll, it'll, like I'm thinking as a teacher right now, because I am a teacher. Um, but oh. hi, it's going to give that the, the kids like that kind of one-to-one connection there where they're like, hype Faison's really excited and happy and like excited all the time, you know? Um, so it, to me, I mean, it, it makes sense as a character naming scheme. Mm-hmm. But. I I just think my problem with it comes from the fact that it's his name and not like a nickname. If his, if hype was a nickname for him, like he could have been mm-hmm. something like quotations hype phase on. I would have been like, okay, yeah, cool. Like he's always excited all the time. That's his personality. Mm-hmm. So we can nickname him hype. Sure. That's great. But like to blazingly throw it in there, just like hype. Yeah, what's your main job? You, you, you got to be hype. You got you, you got to be the guy who's like always excited. Can I bring like, up something well, quick? Yeah, go for it. Um, the other Rodian that we know is a bounty hunter who hounds people for bounties for money, and his name is <laughs> Greedo. Kill <laughs> Greedo. Yeah, that's fair. Right. Um, yeah. So to I be mean, fair, but no, but to be fair, okay, let's go with that then. Like his name is still alien enough. So is hype. I mean, we don't know what hype means. In, okay, in, for real. And <laughs> we don't know what hype <laughs> means in, in um, their language. It could be I like assumed it was short form. For, actually, yeah, I see what you mean. As opposed to in English. I mean, devil's advocate here. I'm happy that his name isn't Dab. Yeah. Or Fleek. Da- oh my uh, God. Oh. I'll take that. Or Lit. No, no. I would have taken Fleek because that still sounds pretty alien. I, Lit. I would have dropped. I would have dropped the show. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, no. Introducing I'm, I'm okay Lit Faison. Oh God. <laughs> okay. The other characters we have are Freya Fenris. Um, let me just pull her database. I just realized that That's Star Wars. A cool sounding name. Uh, she is like this. Um, she has like a Russian accent, and she's kind of got like a Russian look to her as well. Um, and she, one of the, her, the first thing. Oh, sorry, keep going. I was gonna say. Um, I I realized that the Star Wars website they used to have a data bank, and now they actually have revamped their database. So every time they release a trailer or something, they actually update their database with character information. Um, oh, so I'm just pulling this up here, and it says Fera Fenris, one of the aces dedicated to. Pre- protecting Colossus platform. Freya stands apart from the rest of the boisterous crew with a personality that is both coolly methodical and calculating. She transforms her icy precision into blazing hot flight maneuvers and her ship also stands out with its fiery red finish. So, that's Freya. Uh, What were you going to say there, uh, Noma? So my first thought as soon as I saw her, um, and I think it is meant to evoke a Russian image, my first thought when I saw her was, oh, cool, the lady from Pacific Rim survives. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It's it's not the same hairstyle. Not at but all. But there was something about that character design that just immediately evoked Pacific Rim to me. Yeah. With the helmet, especially. I can see that. I, I think she's an interesting-looking character. She's definitely different in a, in a child, children's cartoon, like a, a this kind of show. 
Mm. So having, because there's a lot of characters in this that are very quirky and have their own, like it said in the description, boisterous kind of flamboyance a little bit. Um, uh, yeah. So one having her is, yeah. I'm, Oh, sorry. Sorry, I keep cutting you off today. No, that's okay. Uh, one of the things I'm very interested in seeing, this occurred to me as soon as you said quirk, and I'm about to take a very big veer right turn. My uh, hero academia. Yeah, actually, very <laughs> much so. One of the things I'm kind of interested to see is if they're going to make... Because a lot of these characters, I look at them and I can just immediately assume how they're going to act the entire series. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Yep, I can see that. Yeah, like Tora is just going to be happy and happy-go-lucky and kind of breezy and nothing's really going to affect her and blah, blah, blah for the entire series. And, like, hype's going to be really hyper and he's going to be, oh, man, I'm the best. Like, I'm going to hype myself up, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, I'm sorry, that's Faye, hilarious. Uh, yeah, well, and, and stuff like that, right? Faye is going to be all kind of cool and I don't care about any of you. None of you matter. I'm better than everybody, blah, blah, blah. One of the things I really found interesting about My Hero Academia, at least one of the things that really drew me into it, um, this is an anime, if, if uh, people aren't aware, superhero-based anime, was the fact that they take a lot of those character designs that I thought I'd know 100% and then change them, just do things with them that I wouldn't see coming. Um, so the two examples I always use are there's a character who's really fast, Ida, um, and his whole personality is he's the... Um, I can't remember the word that... that By the book? He's, no, he, he's he's very straight-laced. He's super um like in in line with the rules you know he he's he's by a class book, yeah. rep he, yeah he's by the book very uh oh uh, he's a, he's very much a square yeah um yeah very much like that and so when i first saw him especially because he corrects the teacher he asks he corrects the teacher thinking he knows the right answer and he's kind of talking down to the main character so i was like okay he's going to be that arrogant square looks down on everybody thinks he's the best cuz he follows the rules blah 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 great i'm not going to care about this character and then after you meet him in the very first episode after he's introduced and you see him again it actually turns out he's a really nice guy like he he makes some friends and he's very loyal to them and he cares about them and it was just all these things that i'm not used to seeing so i was like oh that's neat you're taking this character and he's he's just a nice guy it just happens that he's also a huge stickler and then it turns out like you'd be like oh he comes from a family of squares no he's actually the only one like that in his family and then you get the other character everybody knows, um, Bakugo, who's yes, the, yeah, <laughs> exactly right. And, and he's got a every, fiery a personality. People, yeah, a lot of people love him because he's very much the just he's he only has one one emotion and it's anger. It's just different levels of anger, and he's incredibly arrogant and incredibly you powerful. Could say he and has a skilled. an explosive personality. An oh, explosive temper, explosive person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and so I will show myself out now. <laughs> oh, that's only going to be Ed soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so they have that whole thing. He doesn't even respect, like, he doesn't respect anybody, it seems like, and, you know, he doesn't make friends with anybody, blah, blah, blah. So you're like, oh, okay, he's so full of himself. He's um, he's going to be headstrong and foolish. And then it turns out he's actually really smart and he's very tactical. And because of his temper, you're like, oh, he's got a lot of pride. So when he starts losing to the main character, or not even losing, but falling behind the main character, He's gonna snap and become a villain, and to the point where the villains actually, or like not even the villains, but yeah, everybody thinks that. Like the like the media and people and just the heroes and the villains, they all say, "Oh man, you're basically just a villain." But he's not because he sticks to his drive. He sticks to the fact that he wants to be the best hero. 
And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And even to a lesser extent now, jumping back to Avatar, like you were talking about Ty Lee, one of my, my favorite Ty Lee episode is, uh, and she doesn't have a lot in it, but is The Island. Because you get a lot of character development yeah. from all those villains. Yeah, exactly. And it turns out, yeah, and you learn why Ty Lee acts like this. Why they're, she's so they're really just and... normal people. Like, they're just yeah. doing what they think is right. Yeah, you give them more emotional depth than a one-note character. So exactly. if if Resistance can do that, because that was the same reason why people liked Ahsoka, was when she showed up, she was just, I am the snarky counterpart to point out everything that's wrong with what Anakin does. And then she turned into her own character, and that's why people love her. So if these Resistance characters can do that same thing, then I think that that will draw people in, and that will make these characters feel real. If they don't and they keep with the one note, then I think a lot of people aren't going to care because they're just going to see it as a kid's show. Um, I've got hopes. I mean, Filoni's helming it, so he knows how to write good, you know, he knows how to write good stories. He knows how to write good characters. All I'm right. hoping he can stick with that. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Um, another character that we have that we're introduced to in the Aces trailer is Griff Halloran, uh, one of the Aces that flies for the defense of Colossus' platform. Griff Halloran. Mm-hmm flies an extensively modified TIE-based racer that emphasizes, that emphasizes raw power. No one is quite certain whether or not Griff is a veteran of the Imperial Navy or whether he just flies old Imperial colors to intimidate his opponents. And he's got, like, two Imperial cogs on his arm, on his biceps. Um, and he, he looks he basically looks like Steve Stanton, the guy who voices him, um, who also, I believe he voiced Tarkin in Clone Wars um, um. and a few other characters, but... He's an interesting-looking character, and his his fighter looks really cool. His racer, um, it's got like a tie cockpit, and it's got almost like a Jedi starfighter uh, body around the tie cockpit. So it's it's kind of got an evoked Jedi starfighter look to it. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of the uh, the tie strikers from Rogue One as well. Yeah, yeah, kind of like, like that. Those surface guys. Yeah, me and uh, me and Edward were joking during the trailer that if he is an Imperial. You can tell he's a good guy because he's lost his British accent. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and our last character is Bo Keevil, which I can only assume is a play on like Evil Knievel, uh, because a saw- he's a soft-spoken Keldor pilot. Bo Keevil prefers to let the daredevil maneuvers of his lightning-fast yellow racer do the talking for him. A superb and confident pilot, he is part of the Aces Squadron that defends the Colossus platform. So he's very much of a daredevil, which I kind of see as the Evil Knievel part. And kind of maybe where his name came from, but yeah, it's interesting. And if you if you want to see any of these characters or the racers that they're flying in, you can go to StarWars.com forward slash databank, and all of that information is there in pictures of the characters and their starfighters are there. I just found that out a few minutes ago, so that's pretty interesting. I think one of the reasons why I'm not drawn to this one like the rest is that. Like, Dan, you were saying that uh, the first uh, character introduced um, starts the T. Tara, uh, I can't remember their Tara, names. I think. Tora. Tora. Tora or, yeah, let's call her Tora for now. Like, I can't get attached to any of them because I just, none of them have that sort of character development. That, that Or we don't know them or yet. Or seen character. We don't know them yet, right? But they don't interest me at all. What I'm actually waiting for is, like, if they do a trailer that introduces, like, okay, we're our villains kind of thing. You know, like, who are we going up against? Oh, we'll get it. We'll get like, into that in just a second. 
Like, mm-hmm. that's what's going to draw me into, like, okay, I could watch this show. Like, at least I know why they're fighting or who they're fighting and what's the big baddie going to do. Like, that's that's going to be the driving force for me to see this. And right. Until I see something like that, like, it's going to be very – I'll watch it. But it's, like, to have a kind of connection to the show, I'm going to – You want to see what the story for. points are, too. Exactly. Okay. Well, let's get into the next trailer, then. The next trailer is the extended sneak peek trailer, which gives us a little bit of a – sneak peek at the story and what might happen between the characters and the villains. Here we go. Can you imagine what it's like to be an ace pilot? This is your chance to make that dream come true. You've got something special. I see it got a mission for you all right blend in find out who's loyal to the good guys and who isn't what was that what was what the throwing and the falling over there don't think about it you can work as a mechanic on my team but when it comes to your mission as a spy i don't want anything to do with it Kasuda, good luck on tomorrow's big race. I don't need luck. Being an ace is not all fun and games. It can be dangerous. Just don't explode. What? Oh! You can't handle the hype! Woo-hoo! Follow my signal. There are a lot of dangers out there in the galaxy. When people are in need, we help. Line them up! Check this out. It's all in the wrist. It's all in your head. Welcome back to reality. Professionals, you say. I'm an ace pilot. I've battled pirates and marauders. Pirate strategies have been changing. What do you mean? They're better prepared. They have better equipment. I don't know how. General, the First Order is clearly making weapons. We're gonna need all the help we can get. You ready? Let's do this. I want the station completely destroyed. Showing up always means trouble. I knew you missed me. Here we go. Oh, this is exciting. I appear to be tingling all over. So we got a, another trailer, actually. Uh, the extended sneak peek trailer. And that shows us, um, like Noma was saying, some new fighters. A little bit more of the spy and resistance side of the uh, show, not just the racing around Colossus and you know seeing what's going around there with Kaz and them, but we get to see a little bit of battling. We actually see Starkiller base in the uh, trailer with three um, Star Destroyers. We see Phasma, Super Saiyan Phasma, and then Super Saiyan Red Phasma. <laughs> what do you guys think of that? <laughs> I love that name. Super Saiyan Phasma. 
so man. good. And yeah, we have at a... the end of at the uh, at the end of season one. At that rate, we're going to see uh, Super Saiyan Blue Phasma. Maybe even Ultra Instinct Phasma. <laughs> I cannot wait. But yeah, we have a gold stormtrooper and a red stormtrooper pilot. It looks like. Um, I'm I'm gonna say now. I think I said it last episode. I believe the red one might be Cardinal. If we're seeing Phasma, I would not doubt that we wouldn't see Cardinal, because in the novel he's a he's a very uh, prominent character uh, that trains the recruits in the First Order. So and he was known for his red armor, and uh, Phasma then took some uh, metal and plated her armor with the gold or the chrome plated armor. Sorry, so now she has that chrome plated armor, and she's in the trailer. Uh, she's voiced by Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Christie, which is nice. Um, I didn't... Who else did we see? We saw... Oh, we saw Leia. Uh, I didn't see who she was voiced by, but she did... Whoever that voice actress was, she did a spot-on job of Leia. What do you guys think of that? I mean, it'll be interesting, right? Because, like, if you remember the... Well, armies are depicted like certain commanders who wear different colors or to display rank or however you like. The only other sort of faction we see do this a lot was the Mandalorians. Yeah. Right? And so, like, seeing if... Well, we haven't really seen much or any of them in these new new canon. Not yet. Uh, Possibly that live action. Anything, right? Yeah, so at, at that point, like, I'm maybe the first order is like taking some not direction per se but ideas from them into terms like oh armor and they may have meaning behind it and all that like cardinal haha red bird mm-hmm. uh may not just like red like there may be like a complete like big meaning behind that that they tell in the show and then if they get into this gold the super saiyan phasma look kind of thing or that could be a special trooper that's achieved like some kind of honor or whatever so like that's gonna be that yeah, it could be. Um, yeah, the like the ranking insignias we saw with the Empire, those were kind of very prominent in the original trilogy and some of the kind of that era material. But we don't have much to go off of from the First Order. I don't know if they have the similar uh, insignia on their like on their jackets or their shirts. But for those that are in the troopers, like we had in the original Empire, we had like soldiers that had different variants. So we had uh, shoulder pauldrons to kind of insignify like leaders or like captain type care um, stormtroopers. So maybe you're right. Maybe they are. They have like I'm assuming they have a special role in the first order. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see where they where they where they come from and and where they end up in the series. Uh, we we do know, however, Phasma is going to be surviving. Poe Dameron is going to survive, and Leia is going to survive. Uh, everybody else that we have seen in this show so far in the trailers and stuff we have never seen before so we don't know where they end up and now we have the synopsis uh, synopsi I don't know how you say it for episodes synopsis synopsis uh, episode 1 2 3 4 and 5 of uh, resistance so episode 1 and 2 it's a double uh, two episodes in one uh, pilot episode is called The Recruit, and the synopsis is X-Wing pilot Kazuda Zono, Ziono is recruited for the Resistance, but finds himself in over his head when Poe Dameron assigns him to a remote fueling station to spy on the First Order. 
Then, after Kaz boasts about being the best pilot around, he is forced to compete in a dangerous sky race. Guest starring as Oscar, guest starring is Oscar Isaac from The Last Jedi as Poe Dameron, Jim Rash mm. from Community, and Bobby Moynihan in, from DuckTales as Flix and Orca, respectively. Mm. Um, that's episode one and two. Episode three is called Triple Dark, and the synopsis goes, Kaz and BB-8 uncover information on an imminent pirate attack and must find a way to stop it. Gwendolyn Christie guest stars as Captain Phasma. Episode 4, Fuel for Fire. Kaz befriends a sky racer named Rucklin, uh, who, per- who pressures him to take some rare and dangerous hyperfuel hidden in Jaeger's office. Guest starring Elijah Wood as Jace Rucklin. That's pretty cool. Uh, episode 5 is the, the High Tower. The First Order arrives ha. at the platform for mysterious reasons, and Kaz and BB-8 are determined to sneak into the tower and find out what they want. Donald Faison from Scrubs guest stars as Hype Faison, so I guess that's when he's introduced. But yeah, those are the synopsises. It's interesting that Elijah Wood is guest starring on there. That's pretty awesome. Um, I'm happy he is. Yeah, he's he's not been in a lot, I don't think, but to see him in a Star Wars show, it's it's good. But yeah, that's that's all the news we have for Resistance. But I'm I'm excited. Again, a little reserved, but I am excited for Resistance to see where it takes us. Yeah, same. Um, hopefully, hopefully it's good. I mean, it comes out a lot sooner than I thought. I I thought it was like next year or something, but uh, yeah, hopefully it does well, and hopefully uh, it draws us in. Yeah, I think so. We shall see. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you want to head into the feedback segment? Sure. All right. All right. Welcome to the feedback segment, and uh, we figured we would just have a section where we would talk about people that have uh, left feedback for us or ratings or reviews or stuff like that. Um, if you had questions or comments, it'd be here as well. Um, but yeah, no, we have, um, for the first episode zero pilot, we've had quite a few uh, listens to it. It looks like on at least SoundCloud, I, the statistics I have so far are about 39 plays um, on SoundCloud alone. And that doesn't nice. cover uh, Stitcher or anything like that. But we do have a uh comment here from a jamie v and he says decent enough flow we'll put the well put together in terms of topics and time spent on each if noma and ed's sound quality could be at the same level as dan's it would make it for a far easier listening experience good stuff guys <laughs> cool so, so that was Man. i think that's good that's good feedback and we'll definitely take it into consideration we are still working with different software and things as well um, and hardware so once we have mm-hmm. that all sorted out we'll definitely have um, better sound quality and i believe this episode will have a better um, level uh, for all of us i tried to balance it out better this episode than last so i think we did that at least mm-hmm. yeah and thanks for your comment and honestly i agree with you 100 uh when i listened back to the podcast that was the first thing i, I listened i heard myself and went oh god that's what i sound like uh, so currently I'm dealing with a little bit of a shipping issue with a uh, better microphone that I'm trying to get in. So hopefully by the time you hear our next podcast, that'll be better. I'll be a lot clearer, uh, hopefully up to Dan's level. And uh, yeah, no, because I do agree with you. It, it is a little scratchy. It is a little hard to hear sometimes. And a couple of times, there were a few times where I, I was listening to it and going, is that me or Ed talking? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I had that reaction too. 
<laughs> and a, uh, I just looked at Stitcher here, uh, and it looks like our metric update for the month of September so far. Today is the 13th, 14th, um, and uh, we have one download on Stitcher, guys. One download. That's amazing. I'm nice. excited. Uh, we have one, mobile begins. We have one <laughs> listener on Stitcher, which makes me happy. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts now, Stitcher Internet Radio, TuneIn Radio, and I think that's it for now. And if there's a podcast podcatcher that you would prefer to listen on, let us know uh, in the feedback or email us at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. And we can add our podcast to that specific podcatcher because we'd like to have you listen anywhere you'd like to. But yeah, that's the feedback segment, guys. Okay, did you guys want to round out the podcast? Yeah, that sounds, sounds good. good. We definitely love hearing a lot from you guys, and we appreciate how much you want to listen to us and how much we can give you is 110% every time. Unfortunately, it's the end of this podcast today. If you want to know more, you know where to find us. We've got our email, voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at voiceforcepod. That is V-O-I-C-E-F-O-R-C-E-P-O-D. Still working on that Facebook page, but we'll bring you more news on that. As always, you know where to find me. I'm Ed. I'm always going to be right here. Noma, what about you? Got some stuff you're working on? Oh, man. I have got a bunch of art pages. Unfortunately, they're all dead right now. <laughs> but uh, I will keep updating you if I ever get them off the ground. No, you should open a Twitter account and then post, like, daily Star Wars art, even if it's, like, a small doodle. <laughs> You know what? I might. I have a couple of sketches for some Star Wars stuff, so yeah, I'll, I'll think about that. And uh, my ne- by next podcast, I'll get back to you guys about that. Sounds good. Dan, yourself? Uh, you can just find me on Twitter at Daniel J Venard, and it's spelled D A N I E L. The letter J V E N N A R D. And on there, I talk about Star Wars. I retweet Star Wars stuff. I talk about a lot of One Piece things as well um, and anything that really interests uh, my nerdy side of my brain and once again thank you so much for listening guys this is the Voice of the Force podcast and tune in soon And remember, you can listen, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, soon-to-be Google Play Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Reviewing helps with this visibility, so if you want to go tell your friends, hey, you should check out these guys, they'll be able to find us pretty easily. Well, I think the word of mouth is also a really good idea. Just telling all your friends and anyone that you know that is interested in Star Wars um, to, to listen in and give us feedback on how to improve or what they liked or what they didn't like about the podcast and we're definitely looking for uh, more listeners to kind of get in on the conversation Mm -hmm. and remember to leave feedback as well or 
I mean, you know, reviewing more feedback because, you know, this is, we are fledgling right now. We're still trying to get the hang of what we want to do. So, yeah, if there's anything you guys think uh, would help us out or make us be a little bit better, don't hesitate to let us know. What I'm trying to say is, Dan, you're rotten. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you're fired again. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining so us sorry. here on the Voice of Cold. <laughs> <I'm so sorry. laughs> and you got me laughing, man. I had it. I had it. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, so before Ooh, we start, for, get the before laughs we start out? we get the laughs out. Oh, I think I'm good. Yeah. So, so by <laughs> this by this pattern, let me go get an air horn so that I can interrupt for the third. Time. <laughs> wah, wah. Oh. good. I think so. Three, two, one. <laughs>